Hello, and welcome to Papago Butte's Church of the Brethren podcast, recorded live weekly at our campus in Scottsdale, Arizona, during our normal service. I'm happy to be preaching with you this morning. Um, So last week, we just finished the book of James in our New Testaments. And this uh, next week, we're going to move on, and we're going to start a new series. Um, And if you want to know what that new series is, well, you're going to have to show up next week. I'm not going to tell you what it is. No spoiler alert. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Um, But James was was a great book, and James is really intense. And I had preached on it before, and in preaching through it again, I was like, I forgot just how intense it was. Like, James is, like, right in your face. And I think it's good sometimes to take a bit of a break. And so this week is a bit of an intermission for us. And so I wanted to pause this week, and I wanted to share more of my story with you. Um, I'm going to give more of an autobiographical sermon um, using part of Psalm, Psalm 119 as the backdrop for that. And we all have pivotal moments in our lives, those moments we look back upon and will never forget. Um, some of those um, are related maybe to a moment of change, you know, the birth of a child, the death of a loved one, some sort of really high or really low point. Um, some of them might be related to faith and how something changed for you on a spiritual level. Um, these are the stories that we replay in our heads over and over, the stories that we retell to those around us. Um, as a nation, on September 11th, 2001, that was something that we all experienced. Anyone that was alive on that day will likely be able to tell you very clear details about what they were doing, what they were thinking, what they were wearing, what they were eating. Um, Yet, like the months leading up to that, you maybe have no solid memories of anything that was going on. Um, And over the last few months, I've shared bits and pieces of my life with you. Um, If you don't know that I like junk food at this point, I'm I'm sorry to hear that, but I love junk food, and I will continue to talk about my love of weird junk food with you. I talk about movies I like, and again, if you don't know I like movies, I love movies, and I will continue to reference movies. Um, I probably won't really reference sports too much with you, so... I don't like sports, in case I have not made that known. I'm not a big sports guy. Um, recently, I talked about my uh, struggle with uh, physics in, in, in high school, and like that, like that was a struggle for me. And I'll, again, continue to share bits and pieces uh, with you. And obviously, as we chat in person on a one-on-one level, as you get to know me and my family, you'll get to, we'll get to know each other's stories. And I, I, I very much like getting to know you all. And so this is yet another plug for us, like, let's get together in the, in the coming weeks or months. You can get together with just me or my family. We we would love to meet up and, and, and talk. Um, and so we're going to pray, and then we're going to dive in. So would you all please pray with me? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. All right, so we're looking at part of Psalm 119 this morning, uh, specifically verses 105 through 112. Uh, We're not looking at the entire chapter because the entire chapter is 176 verses long. Um, I like preaching through long parts of the Bible, but even I have my limits. Um, And so the Psalms are very interesting. Um, They're basically uh, corporate prayers or songs that were uh, originally meant for the assembly of Israel. 
Uh, many are written by King David, uh, but this one is unknown. This one is by an unknown source. We do not know the author. Um, some psalms, they're very dark. They're very focused on lament. Uh, they're focused on uh, wrestling with wrongdoing and, and wanting to make things right. Um, others are more focused on praise and uh, call to follow Yahweh and to celebrate God's goodness. And, and that's what Psalm 119 is. It's, it's a long poem or a song uh, celebrating the goodness of God and uh, the psalmist's desire to stay committed uh, to their faith. The psalmist has enemies who are trying to drag him down, and he keeps his faith in Yahweh, believing that the Lord will preserve him. He says, I have suffered much. Preserve my life, Lord, according to your word. The wicked have set a snare for me, but I have not strayed from your precepts. And so the psalmist is dedicated to God. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light for my path. I have taken an oath and confirmed it, that I will follow your righteous laws. Your statutes are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. My heart is set on keeping your decrees to the very end. And the psalmist, he's dedicated to God. He's not wavering in his faith. And the psalms have been used uh, throughout the ages by believers as well. Uh, many of our, our hymns and our worship songs are based upon the verses and themes found here. Our liturgies and our responsive readings are based upon them as well. Uh, the liturgy that Doug read this morning was from uh, the psalm. Uh, we heard from Michael sharing a psalm with us earlier as well. And since they're in our Bible, we, we preach from them. We pray them. We study them. We meditate on them. Then we have them be our songs of praise, our songs of lament as well. And what I'm especially drawn to in this psalm is the first verse, verse 105, where the psalmist says, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light for my path. Lamps don't produce that much light, especially oil lamps from thousands of years ago. They're not that bright. Yes, they produce light, they produce some heat, but not nearly as much as in comparison to modern-day electricity and light bulbs and high-powered flashlights and all the great technology we have. Ancient lamps are pretty mediocre in comparison to what we have going on today. Um, with those ancient lamps, you have enough to see a few steps in front of you. You don't see the entire journey that lies ahead. And I, I think for many of us, when it comes to like our lives, faith, figuring things out, the future, all of that, we want to see the end goal. We want to see where this is all going. We want to know the end. We want to know our futures, how everything fits together, and what will be the high points and what will be the low points. And yet, faith is calling us to take one step at a time, and, and by and large, we'll be able to see right in front of us for the next step or two. You know, we rarely know the end goal and how it works ahead of time. And so faith is like an oil lamp, and it's not like a 100,000 lumens flashlight that we can see, you know, across the Grand Canyon. Um, and so we're, 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 talking about, we're talking about psalms this morning. We're talking about stories and like I said earlier, I want to share part of my story with you, and I want to share a part of my faith journey with you. Um, it's something that I have repeated thousands of times in my brain. It's, it's a story that I've shared with countless others. In fact, I think I may have shared part of it with my, the search committee or even as part of my hiring process uh, with you. Um, again, it's like a September 11th kind of a story where it's just something I repeat again and again and again. It's a story that will always stay with me. And... I'm a manuscript kind of a guy. I, I like to take a lot of notes and I, I, I preach from that. And so I'm going to do something kind of terrifying and I'm going to put 
my manuscript aside and I'm gonna come and talk with you because I realize like it's awkward to like share your story when you're reading your notes. And so I'm gonna come and talk to you and I hope that's okay and I can keep looking at you guys in the eye and that's great. Uh, so here's my story, this thing I wanna share. Um, and again, there's lots of stories I could share but this is like one of the things that helped shape me and helped to get me to like me being in front of you right now. Um, so I grew up in South Central Pennsylvania I grew up, I've always been a Christian. I grew up in the United Methodist Church. That was always a big part of my life. Uh, faith was always very much part of my life. Um, I have three older sisters and a younger brother. Parents are committed Christians. Like, we could not have asked for a more solid, stable upbringing. Like, I had a very, like, good, solid faith-based life. Um, actually, my parents met at my, my church, uh, the church that we grew up in, as teenagers in the 1960s. My grandfather was actually the, um, was actually the pastor there, and so, like, he married them. So it's like we have this, like, long, like, uh, just thing, like, uh, with faith together. Um, my parents celebrated 50 years of wedded bliss about a month before June was born last year, and so we could not fly out to visit with them because you can't fly when you're pregnant, and we didn't want to drive you know, 2,000 miles, you know, to Pennsylvania. So, um, wonderful upbringing. Again, like, I don't have, like, these stories of, like, sowing my wild oats. I don't have these, like, wild, like, oh, my goodness, I was, like, doing drugs and all this stuff, and then I came to Jesus. Like, just, I was really boring. Like, if you looked at my life under a microscope, I was a really boring, like, good kid. Um, and yet, despite, like, that goodness, despite, like, like that, like, G-rated life that I was living, um, the older I got, as, 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 my, you know, as, you, as you grow older, your, your body develops and your brain develops. And I started to realize that I like, had this angst, I had this problem in my life. And the problem that I started to develop, it started as a seed and grew into this like, massive tree that just like, overtook my soul like, almost every single day. And um, th th that problem was this. I realized like faith is this important thing, like I believe in Jesus and like all this stuff, but I realized that like, I just grew up in this thing. Like this was something that was always like in my life. And I started to like wrestle with this idea that like, oh, if I didn't grow up like this and I was presented with this idea like, oh, God loves you and Jesus died for you and all that, like, is that something that I would actually believe? Is that something that I would actually take like hold of in my life and have like a change and be like, I want to live this way. And it was one of those things where I'm like, I have no way of testing this theory out. I don't actually know what I would believe about this if it was presented to me for the first time. And I really started to struggle with that a lot because I'm like, I grew up this way, like this, like, I, I, ah. and so I was like, is this all real or am I just going along with the, with the motions? And again, this is like, I'm a process thinker. I've real, I'm almost 40 years of age and I realize it takes me a lot of time to like process my thoughts and then to actually get them out there. And so being 14, 15, 16, like this is one of the first times I ever did that. And so I had no frame of reference for even understanding how to process that question out loud with people. So what, do you, what did I do? I kept it to myself. I internalized it. And it just, again, it started to grow and grow and grow and started to eat at me more and more and more. And again, like, I'm a good kid, I'm not, I'm not doing anything, I'm not like out there being a, a crazy guy. Um, these red pew Bibles that we use here, I had this exact same pew Bible. In third grade, my church gave it to me, and mine was blue. And I would read this thing again and again and again, and like, I knew all the answers, because like, I always grew up this way. The pages were starting to get crinkled and yellow because I read it so much, and yet I struggled with this thing. And 
you know, you're, you're a teenager, you have all these other like emotions and hormones and you're just trying to figure life out and let alone having this weird like existential like crisis of faith is just this, it all hit me. And again, I'm keeping it inside, keeping it like down and it just, it's growing and growing and growing, the sense of dread. Um, around 10th grade, it got even worse because I was in, I went to public high school and you know, you're in seven, eight different classes and in none of my classes I was with my friends. I was just with like, people like, you know, classmates that I didn't really like know or really care about so much. It was just with strangers. And so for about eight hours a day, I'd be with people I didn't really know. And it's just kind of going through school. And I would just kind of, again, feel like loneliness there. And then I would feel almost like this loneliness in my soul. I'd go to church and I'd be around people like shiny, happy people. And I would feel like, do they know like I'm a fake? You know, do they know I'm a fraud? Do they know like, I think I'm just going through the motions. And again, it was just like this ongoing thing. Um, I'm describing this like dread that I had, but again, it wasn't all bad. I started to discover new things in my life. Um, I, just started, I started to discover the joy of getting a paycheck. I started washing dishes at a local diner making $4.75 an hour. It was great. Suddenly I had money. Um, I also I started to develop my own voice with like fashion and music and like movies and all that. I started to develop like like my own sense of like, oh, what do, what do I like about these things? And I fell in love with music and buying CDs. If I worked an eight-hour shift on a Saturday, I could buy two CDs. Like, that was great, guys. It was amazing. Um, and because I, because I was growing up in a church and a Christian, like, there was this idea, like, oh, you have to listen to, like, Christian music. And at the t up until about that time, most music that was like, considered Christian was, like, praise and worship music or kind of, like, cheesy stuff that as a 15-year-old kid, like, I want nothing to do with. But it was around that time where suddenly, like, all these different bands came out that had different styles of music and like any kind of music you liked you could find like a christian equivalent to and i got really into like heavy music i got really into loud music and there were like christian versions of that and it was like in my brain I'm like oh this is okay to listen to because like they're singing about jesus and they're yelling into a microphone and it was great and so i'd spend my money on, on music and so that comes to a head when um, my youth group every year would go to this big music festival in Pennsylvania. It was called Creation Music Festival. Um, I didn't grow up camping, didn't really go up to like going, didn't grow up going to like live things. And so there was this idea that for about four or five days, there'd be literally tens of thousands of people gathered in this field together to listen to music and hear these big name speakers and like, you know, come together as like this, like almost like temporary church for a few days. And there were actually a couple bands that I liked that were going to be there. My youth group was going. And I'm like, oh, like, okay, here's, a, here's some, I, I can work. Here's some money to pay for it. And I'm going to go on this, um, on this trip. And I was, I was really looking forward to it. Um, and then I got there. And that loneliness and that dread continued with me. Because I got there and I realized, like, oh, I don't know how to camp. Like, I like my youth group, but I wasn't, like, friends with them in the sense of, like, let's hang out and see music together. And so suddenly I was in this, like, camping field using an outhouse and like tens of thousands of people they're all like singing all these praise songs like all this like it's like it's a very like growing up in a kind of a mid-sized church like i was singing hymns from a hymnal which was great but suddenly you're in this field with like ten thousand people like just praising jesus together which is this very different experience for me and again that just like made me feel all the more like i am like what is wrong with me like how how am i here they have to know that this is like i'm, I'm a fake i'm a fraud and so, again, that loneliness, like, just continued. And so, even though there was, like, tens of thousands of people, like, all around, one day I was walking around, I'm like, oh, 
I see someone I know. I see this kid that went, that went to my high school. I'm like, well, that's pretty cool. And so we started talking and hanging out, and he invited me back to his, his youth group. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll come and we'll hang out. And uh, we were just talking about things, and he explained that his youth group was there uh, to witness uh, to other people there, to like be a presence of Jesus there. And then it, that should have been my first clue, like, oh, this youth group is kind of different because I'm like, I thought everyone was a Christian here. This is kind of weird that you're like witnessing to other people here. So, but again, I didn't really like put it all together, but I'm like, okay, that's interesting that you're doing that, but all right. So we're hanging out at his, at his, at his site. And I just remember this like dude comes, like he just kind of bursts from the scene, this big guy, big beard, long hair. It's the summertime. He's like sweaty and he's like super excited to be there. He's like, I am so glad your youth group is here. He's like, I used to be a follower of Jesus, and I kind of like backslid and fell away from that. Your youth group came out to me, and like, they're like, getting me to recommit my life right now. And like, I want to do that. I want you guys to all pray for me. I was like, okay, this is happening. Okay. So everyone in the, in like all these teenagers, people my own age, peers, they all put their hands on him. And I'm like, okay, I guess this is what, I don't know, I guess this is what you do. Okay. And this is when the second clue should have like, like happened where I'm like, oh, this is like, these are not my people. This is something very different. Because they all started to pray out loud in tongues. Again, I'm 16 years old. I go to this Methodist church. The idea of being a Pentecostal, a charismatic, speaking in tongues, all that kind of stuff, like I have zero frame of reference for. I've never seen anything like that before. I've never experienced anything like that before. And here I am feeling like, I'm a fake Christian, and you have these, like, Superman Christian, like, praying. I'm like, what is going on right now? I remember just, like, putting my hand there and quietly trying to pray to myself, and, like, oh, there's all this, like, glossolia going on around me, and I'm like, I don't want to be here right now. This is weird, man. And eventually, it kind of, like, calms down, and the guy, like, hugs people and kind of goes about his way. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Like, this is crazy to me, man. And Eventually, um, I was talking to my friend. He's like, oh, yeah, like, we're going to do this, like, worship service tonight. You should definitely come. And you ever be in that situation where you run into someone, maybe, like, you don't really, you're not, you know, you know them, and they're like, oh, we should, like, hang out. And you're like, oh, yeah, we'll definitely hang out. And you're like, we're not going to hang out. That was the first time I ever experienced something like that. I was like, oh, yeah, like, definitely, yeah, I'll definitely come back and, like, let's hang out tonight. And in my brain, I'm like, I'm going to make, like, Jonah and go as far away from you as I possibly can, and maybe I'll see you in school next year and way from across the cafeteria and never talk to you again. And so I'm replaying the events of that day in my mind, you know, the rest of the day. And later that night, I was in my tent by myself. And at night, they would bring out the really big, like, singers, the really big artists. And that night, Stephen Curtis Chapman was on the main stage, 16 years old. I don't care about Stephen Curtis Chapman at all. I do not want to see Stephen Curtis Chapman. So I'm just hanging out in my tent by myself, listening to CDs on my Discman, and I'm just like, just like so frustrated with myself, feeling so alone, feeling so just like all this like stuff, and I'm like, what am I doing here? Why am I here? Like, I'm just like angry, and I remember at one point just like taking the headphones off, and I'm like, I think I'm just going to go for a walk. It's nighttime, it's dark, things aren't marked, I'm on a campsite. I don't go on walks, especially at night by myself where I don't know anything, I'm terrified of being lost. Like, why am I doing that? I start going on this walk, and I realize I'm getting, like, closer and closer to this guy's tent and this guy's campsite, and I'm like, why am I doing this? Why am I making my way here? Like, I need to turn around and run the other way. I get there, don't see my friend, 
I'm just like, yeah, I'm a wallflower, I'm kind of a shy guy, and I'm like, I guess I'll just, people are talking to me, I'm like, this is weird. And eventually, like, they, they start their little service. I sit, there's a campfire, I sit down cross-legged, kind of near the fire. They start singing a bunch of songs that I do not recognize. I'm like, okay, I don't, okay, I'm here. And then eventually a guy gets up, he gives this, like, sermon and talking about following Jesus and faith and all this stuff. And then at the very end, he says, all right, well, if anyone wants to be prayed for, just put up your hand and we'll come and pray for you. And I'm sitting there, frozen on the ground, and I'm like, why am I here? Um, there's this X-Men uh, Nightcrawler, and his power is to, like, teleport away, and all I'm trying to do is will myself to be Nightcrawler and just, like, teleport out of there. I'm like, why am I here? I don't want to be here right now. And I'm just sitting there, like, frozen in fear, like, so frustrated, so mad at myself. And this guy comes over to me, and he looks at me. He puts his hand on my shoulder, and he's like, hey, man, like, do you want me to pray for you? Do you need something? And I look at him. I look at him in the eye. Every fiber of my being is saying, like, no. Every fiber of my being is saying, now is your chance to get up and run. And I look at him in the eye, and I'm like, yeah, okay. And I stand up. He's like, what's going on? Again, I've never told a single soul, like, this angst and this agony that I have. And here's this stranger, and I'm like, you know what? Here's what's going on. And I just tell him everything. And I'm like, now I can either run away or now, like, I don't care if this guy's like, yeah, you're right, you're a terrible person, and, like, he starts judging me, because I'm like, I don't know this guy, it's night, and I can run away, and he doesn't know who I am. And he, do he doesn't do any of that. He kind of just hears my story, hears me out, and he's like, hey, he's like, can I pray for you? And I was like, I guess, I don't know. And he tells me to put my hands up in the air, like this. Again, I'm like, we sing hymns in the hymnal, I don't know, why would you do this? He tells me to put my hands up in the air. And he puts his hands, like, on me. And, again, I've retold this story, like, hundreds of times. And for the life of me, I have no idea what he said. He started praying for me. I don't know if it was in English. I don't know if he was in sort of, like, tongues. I do not know what he said, even though I've replayed this in my head hundreds and thousands of times. I do not know how long we stood there for. Again, replay this hundreds and thousands of times. I don't know if we were there for a few hours I don't know if we were there for a few seconds. Realistically, we were probably there for a few minutes. But despite not knowing like, what he said or how long we were there for, I very clearly remember like, what I started to feel. Because I had this like, knot of anxiety. I had this like, stone of just like, frustration, this, like, this like, emptiness like, just eating away at me. And I started to feel all of that like, just melt away. My hands are in the air. I start shaking. I start crying. Like, I'm 16 years old. I do not cry, especially in public around people I don't know. Like, I have never done this in my entire life before. And then I start to feel this, like, electricity, like, course through me. I start to feel this, like, warmth. I start to feel this, what I can only describe as, like, love, just, like, envelop me. And all this, like, angst and all this frustration just like kind of emptiness just kind of melts away and I stood there and I'm like trying to put my hands down and he's putting them up again and I'm shaking and I'm crying and eventually it subsides and I'm like what was that what just happened he's like that was the Holy Spirit God loves you and for the first time like in my teenage like angsty self like it felt real like I could have gotten hundred percent on a quiz like of all the Bible answers God loves you I knew that up here in my head but in my heart like it finally felt real to me. 
And I was just like running around the campsite, like jumping and like, like just talking to all these people. Again, I'm like this quiet guy like along the side of the wall. This is how I normally am. And I'm like going up to people and like talking to them and like really excited. And I remember there was these two guys that were sitting off to the side and my friend was like, oh, they're like some Methodist pastors or something. And I like went up to them and I started like, this is so great. I'm so glad you're here. God loves us. And I was saying all this stuff. And in retrospect, I realized they were kind of sitting off to the side kind of with a scowl on their face. I think they thought this was all like a scam or like all whatever. And I'm just like unintentionally poking them and like, you're, you're, you're wrong. Like, this is great, man. And like, it's just so funny to like think about that. And eventually, like, I felt like I could like run a marathon. I had like, all, it was like, I don't know, 11 o'clock at night. And I was like, this is amazing. Eventually, I go back to my, eventually I find my way back to my tent and my campsite. Again, normally I'm a teenager. I normally would just go to bed and like, whatever. And instead, I was like, oh, I should probably just tell everyone what happened. And I just told everyone that was awake what happened. I go back to bed. I eventually go to bed. Wake up the next morning, and, and the, the youth leaders are like, hey, John, do you want to, like, tell people about what happened last night? And I'm like, sure, I'll just gladly tell you what happened. And I just, like, found myself saying the story in front of, like, 30 of my peers, which, again, was not, that's not something I did. And I was like, you know what? They're going to have another service tonight. I think we should all go back together. And that's what happened. Most of my sight went back that night, and there was all kinds of like praying and all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, my friend, like I was talking to him, and he was like, "Do you want, do you want like more of that?" And I was like, "I don't know. Last night was really crazy. I don't know if I could handle more." And he called another friend over who, who went behind me, and I'm like, "Why is this guy standing behind me?" My friend literally reached out, like barely even touched my shoulder. I'm standing there, and I fall straight back, like trust fall back, like like legs locked and everything. Again, I'm 16 years old. I cannot do trust falls. The idea, like, all, like, I have no frame of reference for, again, for any of this kind of stuff. And I remember just, like, rolling around on the ground being like, I don't know why I'm doing this or what's going on right now, but okay. Like, like that, like, happened to me. <laughs> and eventually it ended, and, we, you know, we, we go home, and I share the story with my parents, and then eventually I share, again, in front of my whole church, I just share this thing that happened to me, and I'm terrified of speaking in public, and here I am just, like, sharing, like, Hey, I was one of you and didn't feel like this was real, and now I feel like it's real. And I've shared, that, again, the story again and again and again. Um, it was around that time that I started to uh, describe what I usually call, like, refer to as my call to ministry. I always use that in quotes. I'm pretty sure I've, I've, I've briefly shared about that with here in the past. But I, I started to feel like maybe God was calling me to this, like, something to, in ministry or the church or to be like a, a, like a pastor or a missionary or something like that. I found myself internalizing that feeling again and just like hiding in it and being like, I don't think I want this. I don't want, like, I don't want to do this and I don't know what that means. And after a few years, I just one night I broke down and I said, God, I want my life to be like that flashlight. You, I feel like you want me to do this thing and I don't know what that means. And I don't want to do that. And I want to know what the end goal is, but I know it doesn't work that way. And so in, in faith right now, help me take that first step. Help me do that lamp, like that lamp kind of thing where like be, be a lamp for my feet and I'm going to trust you in that. And so I took my first step and first step and first step and like again hundreds and thousands of steps later, here I am with you sharing my story of like how I got here. And I'm going to go back to my notes now because I have some preaching points. And so uh, this is my story and it's different than your story and I think there's something very like important and special about sharing our stories uh, with one another. And so we all have stories, and whatever your story is, 
I want to invite you to be open to sharing that story with other people here and be open to hearing their stories and be excited. This is the cool thing. Like, none of our stories are over. Like, we will continue to gain new stories to tell to one another. And that is amazing. Like, I love that idea that our faith is like a story and we continue to, like, live that out. Uh, the Holy Spirit was poured out on the early church in Acts chapter 2, and we're living in the aftermath of that. The Holy Spirit keeps like showing up in new and powerful ways. The same God who raised Jesus from the dead has empowered believers for the past 2,000 years, you and me and everyone else who calls upon the name of the Lord. And some of you are hearing this story and probably getting kind of nervous, like, oh, are we going to be like a charismatic church now? Are we going to start like, roll, like speaking in tongues and all that? Just to be clear, like, that is not a path I continue down. Like, I don't, I'm not trying to, I'm not going to try to introduce speaking in tongues or anything like that. Um, but I do think that God was able to use those from this faith tradition to help me see and understand God in a, in a new way that I needed at that time, and I am forever thankful for that. And so I'm committed to this brethren path, uh, but I don't think that we have the sole, all-encompassing, like, answer for how uh, God works in the world. And so I think we should be uh, open to the fact that other faith traditions can bring things to the table as well. And, and thinking back upon my story and the things that I would get hung up on, the things that I would like get frustrated with, I see a very common thread of just internalizing fears, internalizing thoughts. I'm someone that kind of holds on to things and I'm scared to like say them. And once I started to speak what was on my heart and my mind, that is when things started to change for the better. And that is a pattern that I see again and again and again. And so this is also my call. This is also my encouragement uh, to be open with your lives, to be open with your questions and your thoughts and what faith means with other believers. You know, whatever you're dealing with, whatever's on your mind, like, you are not alone. There are others who have experienced what, similar things to what you're experiencing, or even if they haven't, they want to come alongside you on your faith journey. And I want to be a good pastor to you. I'm always only a phone call or an email or a visit away. I will gladly sit and talk with like, anyone here about any subject matter or anything that weighs on your soul. If you need to create an anonymous email and email me that way, like, you have free permission and free reign to do that. If you need to go to the message board and talk with other people you don't know, do that. If I don't have the answers or resources, or like, we will help find them for you. If you're not comfortable talking with me, talk with someone. Um, therapists are a great resource. Like, and sometimes people of faith are nervous about therapists, but like, therapists can be like a great place to just like work out things. You know, whatever steps or actions you need to take to get whatever help that you need, like, please do that. It's never helpful to go it alone, and there are lots of ways to get assistance and just like live out your faith with other people. And so, again, this is my story, and I, I hope that it's been encouraging for you. I hope you get to, like, know me a little bit better, understand me a little bit better. And I hope we can continue to get to know each other's stories as we seek to follow the risen Christ together, being led by his Spirit. Thank you for listening to Papago Butte's Church of the Brethren podcast. If you have any questions or are interested in finding out more about our church, feel free to reach out to us at any time. Our contact information is provided at www.pbcob.org.